0: Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking with Jan Malik from the Council of Canadians in regards to long-term care and why this should be under a national focus. So let's have a listen. Thank you so much, Jan, for coming on to the Long-Term Care Chronicles and uh, for speaking on behalf of your organization Uh, the Council of the Canadians um, in regards to um, long-term care and why this should be under the um, the federal government to the Health Care Act. Now before we get started if you could just give a little
1: bit about yourself and about the organization. Sure Uh, so our organization it's called the Council of Canadians. We've been around for about for 35 years now. We're a national nonprofit organization uh, that was formed 35 years ago to work on issues of social and economic concern to Canadians. Uh, We've had long running campaigns on public health care issues, and uh, basically, our work is to support. Um, ensuring that people have access to the social services that they need. So in terms of public health care, we stand up against things like privatization and um, other issues like that that would erode people's access to public health care. We started on long-term care. Issues probably about a year ago now when we started seeing more and more problems emerge when it comes to long-term care. Uh, And we've made it a focus of ours, particularly over the past year, a lot because of the problems that have emerged with COVID-19 and how long-term care homes have been impacted by COVID-19. So- So
0: so, you're basically yeah. what you're saying, I guess, with, the, um, with what you've seen over the last year, that's what's really forcing your organization to call for the federal government to take this under the Health Canada Act and to assist the provinces to be able to, to fix um, the systemic issues that are happening in long term care. Is that correct?
1: yeah I, I guess maybe I should say a little bit okay. more about our organization okay. too, is that um, our organization is funded almost entirely by people across the country. so people who share concerns about uh, different issues. Our membership base is it tends to be a little bit older. Um, and this was an issue that we heard resonating in communities across the country. So the Council of Canadians, we have uh, chapter activists, uh, basically volunteer groups in communities across the country, and more and more, we started hearing concerns about the problems in long-term care, Uh, and we decided it was an area that we wanted to do some campaign work in to help facilitate some changes uh, obviously ones that are needed to fix the problems that we see right now in long-term care in Canada. So we decided to start this campaign um, and we, we did, you know, we did so recognizing that, of course, provinces have jurisdiction over um, implementing long-term care and, and ensuring that it's carried out. But for us, we really saw an area that, uh, because these problems are so widespread across the country, they're happening pretty much in every province uh, and territory across the country, we felt it was important to call on the federal government to play a role in this issue. And that's why um, we started a petition, uh, particularly directed at the federal government, Calling on the government to work with provinces to implement a national strategy in long term care. I can't hear you. Are you muted? Oh, sorry,
0: sorry about that. That's okay. So um, I guess, again, thank you for that. And then, um, so basically what I was just trying, what I was just saying was that um, with what have you, what you have seen, what COVID-19 has, uh, this pandemic has exposed for long-term care. And I guess your organization, have you noticed a difference between the for-profit model uh, than the other models as to causing a lot of these systemic issues?
1: Definitely. Uh, And I I think it's not just us who have noticed, um, you know, not just our organization, but we rely on studies that are carried out. Um, We turn to experts in the field uh, and really listen to them. And and these experts can come in different areas. Certainly, uh, we hear from families who have members and family members in long-term care. Uh, we hear a lot from workers who have either worked in the field or are currently working in the field right now in long-term care, and then also the academic studies that are carried out. So the Canadian Medical Association of Journal is, is one example of uh, an organization that has studied the area of privatized long-term care versus public long-term care. Um, and it's really clear that what we're seeing are higher rates of infection in private uh, institutions of long-term care as of when they're compared to public. Um, And it's, you know, there, there are different, people are giving different reasons as to why this is happening, but I think there are a couple of areas that have been identified. I think we're seeing smaller staffing resources allocated in privatized long-term care homes. Um, and I, one thing that emerged in Ontario, for example, is in pr- uh, private long-term care homes, they were more likely to have an older design model um, when it comes to the homes. they A lot of them haven't upgraded uh, to current design standards. So we're seeing more shared rooms. We're seeing larger common areas where it's easier for the infection to spread. So as the Council of Canadians, we have, uh, this is one of the areas that we stand up and, and really sound the alarm about and talk about, that when you introduce private interests into whatever issue, in this case, in caring for uh, the people who live in long-term care, you are introducing the component that um, the market requires these for-profit homes to deliver profits to their shareholders. And unfortunately, what we've seen through the COVID-19 pandemic is that these Large corporations in Ontario, again, we're talking about places like Chartwell and Rivera and Siena Living, they're still delivering their profits to shareholders, but the while well, people are dying, like people are literally dying in the homes. And this is an, this is an area that we want to see changed. When you remove profit from long-term care, we think that people and studies have shown that people get better care. Workers in the homes are paid better. They have more access to resources and it removes that incentive profit from delivering the care. And we feel this is very important.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, definitely the staffing resources, um, they're always going to have to be more accountable to their shareholders than to the um, the residents that they are taking care of within their facilities, right? So yeah. the other thing is, what would you say then the federal government would need to do to um, in order to further identify and to be able to fix and monitor these changes moving forward to make sure that the checks and balances are in place um, across the country?
1: So what we're calling for when it comes to the federal government looking at this issue and acting on this issue, and we were very pleased to hear um, that there were some commitments in the throne speech recently that the federal government recognized that there is a role. And, you know, again, we do think that this is a national crisis. It's happening across the country, and we need national action on it right now, Um, especially as we have areas, including here in Ontario, that are going into the second wave of COVID-19. We have the highest number of deaths from COVID have happened in long-term care homes. So this needs to be addressed. The federal government, we think, and this is what we're calling on the federal government to do, um, is to enact things like standardized hours of care every resident should have access to four hours of care per day. And this is just the bare minimum that a lot of long-term care workers and their unions have been calling for for years. Um, That number may even need to increase when we're talking about the added measures that are needed to deal with COVID-19. When you have to add in things like Uh, infection control and making sure that, you know, the workers change their personal protective equipment that they're wearing, their PPE that they're wearing. Uh, Those are things that take additional time. We need to make sure that everybody living in long-term care homes has the staff available to give them the care that they need. And in order to do that, we need to increase the staffing levels and we need to um, ensure that they have the time that's required for each resident to get the care that they need. So staffing levels are definitely one area um, and we're calling for those four hours of standardized care. I think uh, routine inspections, I think that's another area where the national strategy could set some standards as to what is required um, here in Ontario, we've seen that inspections have been cut. And they were cut before COVID-19 hit. Uh, and what we've seen happen is that there are major problems at many homes here in Ontario. We see homes that are having additional outbreaks. They've, they had one in the first wave, and they're, in, they're into their second round of outbreaks. Um, I, I think things like that, Unfortunately, what we've seen is long-term care has been turned into an industry, uh, and it's worse in some areas uh, than others. Again, Ontario, which is, we do a lot of work in Ontario, that's a very big example. Um, More than 60% of the homes in Ontario have been privatized, and the area that these private companies look at cutting is staffing. So these are, these are all areas, and again, you know, we would call on the federal government to listen to not only the, the home operators, privatized, public, whatever, um, but also to family members, to residents in long-term care, if, you know, if and when they can, to the workers in long-term care, and to the health policy experts who have been talking for years about the changes that are needed in long-term care.
0: Would you say as well that in terms of, let's say, instead of these large institutional um, buildings that need to be erected, would you say it would be a smaller facility going forward that needs to be to provide the the actual care that's needed for a lot of these residents?
1: I, I think, you know, I'm not an expert in the area of the design standards that are needed, but certainly I think it has been shown that when it's the larger facilities, That again, you know, have the design standards of shared rooms and larger common areas um, that haven't listened to the professional recommendations from uh, policy makers and whatnot who say that um, smaller care areas are needed, like. People need to have their own space. They need to have their own access to washrooms. They need to have the staff there to assist them. And these are all things that are needed in order to ensure that long-term care residents not only get the care that they need, but the protection they need from this virus
0: exactly yes uh, because that's definitely needed as you said we are in certain areas of the province uh, in ontario in particular that we are already in outbreak for a lot of these particular homes um, these facilities so in terms of i guess then who would then be at the table who would be the stakeholders that would need i know you mentioned in terms of the essay the family caregivers would definitely be uh one but who else would you um you know your organization is indicating that would be at the at the table to, uh, I guess, effect these changes and to guide the government to be able to say, well, this needs to be part of the national policy. And we've heard from all of these particular stakeholders. Who would you um, say for that?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, it's very important to hear from the family members who are seeing this on a day to day basis. Um, I. You know, I have my own personal experience. My mom is right now in a a senior's residence. It's not a long-term care home, but she's in a senior's residence. And, you know, visitation has been limited And that's one of the struggles that we're facing, you know, that um, the people who normally go into these homes and and see what is going on. So that includes the family members. It includes the workers in the homes and, and the unions, a lot of times there's unions that represent them. They have been talking about these issues for years and they need to be at the table. Um, any other advocacy groups uh, that have been formed, you know, whether it's the family councils, whether it's um, other other groups that have gotten together. And we've had a lot of people reach out to us to say, you know, we've been voicing this, we're so glad to see that the Council of Canadians is on this because we need as many voices as possible to be speaking out about this. And governments need to, to listen. Um, Unfortunately, the Ford government, uh, we find, has been very closed off about this and very limiting in terms of who is able to be at the table to have a say on things. And that's not that's not how we're going to fix the problem. Um, Certainly here in Ontario, what we have seen is that uh, the Ford government has been very slow to act. I mean, it did its own government's report on staffing levels and the report came out in July Mm -hmm. and said, we need to act urgently on staffing levels in long-term care homes. And it took until September before we got an announcement that some small measures were going to happen. That's not acceptable. And that's why, you know, that, that example shows working with all provinces across the board to say, okay here is what we need to do from a national level and then provincially at each regional level. And then it goes down to, you know, there are municipal homes as well. So it's all levels of government need to be working together to make the changes that are needed to fix things in long-term care.
0: Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties which were noticed during editing. I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation, and we will have Jan Malik back from the Council of Canadians soon. Hopefully, you enjoyed the discussion, and please share your comments. Thank you for listening.